0: Good afternoon to you, wherever you may be here in hopefully sunny Southern California. It's much sunnier today than it's been for a couple of days in most parts. I hope that you're having a great day. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow of the First Baptist Church of San Diego and the Cultivating Ethos show that's on K- KPRZ in San Diego every day at 1130. It is great to be with you again today, and I'll be with you today today. Today, tomorrow, and Friday. As always, I am looking forward to our time together and looking forward to a show today that I hope will be helpful and fun and uh, give you some inspiration to uh, follow the Lord and to trust in Him in some different ways. You can be a part of the program today by calling 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. So we're going to get started here. So grab your coffee, refuel for the rest of your drive or whatever you're going to do for the rest of this afternoon. The coffee, the brew of the believer, the thirst quencher of the theologian, the juice of the joyful, whatever you want to say about it. But today's a good day to say about it. Do you know why? Because today is National Coffee Day. Did you know that? Every day's National Coffee Day for me. But for uh, the coffee people, today is a fake holiday brewed up by the coffee giants. Do you like that? I said brewed up. I was proud of that. Just want to point that out. A fake holiday brewed up by the coffee giants, of course. Uh, but I'll take it. And I'll also take the free coffee that they're handing out today, uh, which unfortunately I have taken some of that. There's lots of places giving it out. Uh, some, you know, the corporate places have some rules. you got to sign up for your own their rewards program. And uh, that's all right. One place is giving out free donuts with it. That's a really good deal. And uh, you know, if you have a favorite coffee place, especially a local place, and people putting something together in your neighborhood, or um, maybe a coffee cart where you work, go down there and get a cup of coffee uh, after the show, during the break. Do it, you know, do it at some point, and uh, get a cup of coffee. Support those people, and they they may not be giving it away today because they can't afford it, but uh, that might be a better place for it to go. Anyway, just some thoughts there. Also, I don't know if you know this, but a study came out recently that said that coffee, no joke helps you fight against COVID-19. So there we go. That's what I think we need. to, And that means I'm completely immune, I think. The study is in North, from Northwestern University, and it was published in their journal, Nutrients. I've talked about this before, but it, it gives me some encouragement. It suggests that drinking one or more cups of coffee per day is associated with about a 10% decrease in the risk of COVID-19. I'm not that great at math, but that might mean that I'm completely immune by noon every day. Uh, That's great news for me. Now, unfortunately, when you study, when you read the study, uh, it also says you need to increase your uh, fruits and vegetables and decrease your processed meats. uh, And maybe I'm just canceling out the effects of both parts, unfortunately. Uh, How do I know I've had too much coffee? Well, when the heart palpitations kick in, that's one clue. Uh, And I'm mostly kidding about that. But uh, I do love my coffee. The other way I know when I've had too much coffee is my wife, Christy, will let me know when i've had too much coffee especially when we are together with other people i learned about this early in our, our marriage we've been married 20 years 20 years our 20th anniversary was is this year actually and we didn't do much because of the covid restrictions and we thought you know we don't want to go somewhere and sit there in a mask and you know we'll wait till uh, things are, are calmed down we'll do something i don't know maybe for our 21st or 22nd anniversary there's probably a gift for that uh it's probably coffee i hope so that'll be exciting anyway we've been married 20 years and one of the things that we do occasionally is we'll meet with other couples and we do this pastorally but but just as a ministry that we can do together we've done this sometimes and one time we were meeting making it a habit to meet with couples at coffee shops here and there around town and uh, you know i learned that i can have too much coffee because one time we're meeting with this couple and I could tell that they were kind of leaning back a little bit from me, a little bit. And my wife noticed this, and she puts her hand on my arm, and she starts rubbing my arm gently. And I thought she was being romantic at first, that maybe this was just a gesture of of love in our conversation. But it didn't take me too long to realize that actually she was telling me to shut up, that actually <laughs> she finally interrupted me. She goes, you know what? I'm sorry, but he's had too much coffee, and uh, I'm just trying to let him know that. We all laughed about it, and that was absolutely true and I did need to be quiet. And uh, you learn clues like that uh, after you've been married for for a long time. And what I want to do today is talk about marriage. We have a couple of uh, great guests who are going to give us some insight to marriage and some things that you can do to help improve your marriage. And we all need it. Everybody you know needs it. I need it. And, um, you know, I like to tell people that you get married and you have some ideas about what marriage is going to be and you get married, and you have a honeymoon. Honeymoon literally means sweet month. But then a month goes by, and the next thing you know, you have a spouse. And you start to realize that you're going to do life with this person, and some of it might be what you expected, but some of it isn't. And we all go through good times and hard times like anybody else. And... Uh, we need some help. We need to be a part of a ministry together that really helps us do that. So we live in this world today where marriages fail all too often, and families are spiraling into decades of, of pain, and it's hard. And if you're listening right now, and this is a hard time for you in your marriage, I know that for a lot of you it is, please listen today because I want to give you some hope, and we're going to give you a tool that can really help you today Wherever you find yourself, wherever you are in the scale of, hey, things are going really great, or things are are kind of okay, but I'm not really sure, or I'm really sure that things aren't really good, uh, wherever you're at, or maybe you're a person who wants to get married someday, or maybe you are in a place where you just need a lot of care because things haven't gone so well, you're going to enjoy our guest today. We know, and as Christians, we know that there is a much bigger purpose for marriage, a much bigger vision for marriage. We know that marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. But knowing that, why is it that sometimes our our Christian marriages don't often reflect that? It used to be that marriage was an apologetic for the church, but we're struggling a lot today. Well, I'm excited to welcome my guests because they have something that will help us out, including their story, help us out to make sure that we can make it an apologetic again. So they're going to share their thoughts to encourage you and give you some hope today. Brad and Marilyn Rhodes are the founders of Grace Marriage, a ministry that helps churches establish ongoing marriage ministries, and also that helps couples build a pathway to a thriving marriage. Brad is a former attorney who witnessed the breakdown of families in the courtroom. He's also a pastor for marriage and family at his church. Marilyn has a degree in counseling and social work, and she saw the effects of family breakdown when she counseled with youth and children. Uh, Brad and Marilyn, welcome to Southern California Live. Glad to have you on our program today.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here. here.
0: It's so great to have you. Thank you for being with us today. As I referred to in my introduction, we see so many Christian marriages that conform to the patterns of the world, where they just kind of look the same. They're, we're, we're busy, we're exhausted, and we often find ourselves, even as Christian couples, in very similar patterns to anybody else's marriage and in years of crisis, the divorce rates aren't that much different between a Christian marriage and, and non-believing marriage. And uh, you've got some testimony about that. Your marriage wasn't all that great in the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about that, and uh, what was the turning point? What helped you? Well, I'd
1: say all that great, not all that great would be an understatement.
0: Um, we kind of <laughs> nice. defied
1: the definition of honeymoon, because Marilyn said the honeymoon was over before the honeymoon was even over. So right. we we literally, i I mean, we were crazy about each other in dating. I went out all the time. I mean, just couldn't imagine having any problems. And we really didn't have any problems until we got married. And, um, well, they came quick. And it was a mm-hmm. profound disappointment to Marilyn. I mean, she had these ideals. Um, I had these ideals. They were kind of different. And, uh, Marilyn, do you want to kind of share a kind of yeah, a so, expectation versus so. reality?
2: Yes, it was definitely different expectations versus reality. Like you said, we often I think as believers, we even we come to marriage really the world paints a picture for us. And so I know I came to marriage looking for what how it was gonna satisfy me, how it was gonna meet my needs. So kind of expecting Brad to be the one that meets my needs. And so right out of the gate we had our first fight as we were leaving the church building so then we oh, get wow. on our honeymoon and immediately we get home from our honeymoon and like you said it was over before so there was no honeymoon month it was just mm. from the get-go and so I had these expectations that we would just do everything together and have breakfast together before we went to work and we would in the evenings we'd go for runs and we would just have these deep conversations well Brad was about building a law practice and I was in graduate school in social work and I'm learning all these theories, and he's paying no attention to our marriage, I feel like, and so I'm, I'm hearing all these theories, and I think I've got to tell him everything that's bothering me, or we're going to get into these terrible patterns, and if I don't tell him, he won't know, so I was really good at telling him everything he was doing to hurt my feelings by just not being engaging, and we went from going on dates all the time to a major budget, and um, Trying to stick in it and eat at home, and it was just you know the messes, and it was just I was in tears, literally on a weekly basis, and I think it's because I had bought into the world's, world's lie that Brad was going to satisfy me, and that's my, that is just not where my hope is found. Is in Brad. So, do you want to share a little more about that, Brad, before I get yeah. There? I mean, it was it was
1: like I went from her favorite person to her least favorite person in six months, which. Is pretty quick. And um, you were mentioning coffee day. I remember one time, I mean, I was so on her nerves. She said, even the way you drink coffee gets on my every nerve. I mean, it oh, was, wow. yeah. but, but, you know, you, she's talking about telling me everything that I didn't do, but I gave her a whole lot of material. I mean, I, <laughs> right? I went from pursuing her full out to doing nothing but trying to
2: get new clients and grow a new law practice. And um, or what, I mean, my law. Or what? So he would come in from work and like, it was my goal to keep him from turning on ESPN, so he he would listen to sports on the radio and then be involved in sports, and it just really um, anyway it was I was fighting to get him to quit watch sports. He was fighting to watch sports. We were both really bringing just our selfish desires to marriage, and, right and from that's the what really sent us in a way down a spiral. till about a year in, I thought, am I sentenced to a life of this? Hmm. And I remember, I mean, every like Brad said, everything he was doing was on my nerves. And I remember getting alone with the Lord, and He, the Lord just really broke me. He was like, I'm your hope, not Brad. I'm where your joy's found. Because before we got married, I'm kind of more of a steady, even kill person. Mm-hmm. But, man, we were on a crazy train. And I was up or down based on what Brad was or wasn't doing. And so when I was alone with the Lord, I just felt so convicted, like, okay, my hope is in you, Lord. And I have put Brad in the place of God. I've put him in your place, and this is not how it's supposed to be. And I felt really convicted, and I went to Brad, and I said, I'm sorry. I need to ask for your forgiveness because I've put you in the place of God. I don't need you to have joy. My hope is in the Lord, and I'm going to love you the way he's calling me to love you. But starting today, it's going to be different. And we went from a train wreck to stable at that point because I had shifted my focus to the right place, because I think often we we expect marriage to bring things to us that only Christ can provide, and I think that 's one of the first mistakes we can walk into as believers
0: Marilyn, marriage. how long were you married before you had this uh, this moment and this change of heart that uh, God brought about?
2: It was a year in it was right out of year because I remember that literally thinking like this is it. Is this mm. it? Like, am I, am I sentenced to a life of this? So when I went to Brad and asked for his forgiveness, I really did stop. I just stopped the pointing everything out. And I just started focusing on the Lord. And instead of being about myself, just being about, okay, how am I called to love him? And, um, it really did, didn't make it perfect. We still, it, it but it made, It took us off the crazy train, for sure.
0: Right. Now, Brad, during this year, at this point, you're a year in and what's going on with you and the lord how did you respond
1: uh, well initially i thought i thought our only problem was a hypersensitive wife that freaked out about everything you
0: okay. know what i mean like if
1: you just said if you just, just settle if she just settle into this so thing the lord wasn't right. quite
0: speaking to you the same way at that no, no
1: but but the thing was i was conformed to the pattern of the world see i wasn't mm. dating her i wasn't pursuing her i wasn't being romantic to her i wasn't being gentle to her i would be more rude to her than anybody else um, I wasn't careful with her, and so you know, by God's kindness, I had a very aggressive friend um, force me to go to a marriage conference, When I say force, I mean force, clear yeah. schedule at home, clear schedule at work, buy my ticket, then invite me, tell me where to meet him type force, and God broke me, and love your wife as Christ loved the church, and I was asked, what do you do? Nothing. Live with your wife in an understanding way. Do you just, you just listen to her and gently give her a safe place to unload? No. Don't be harsh with her. I was harsh with her, and the... God showed me that I took the best gift God ever gave me and treated her horrible for a year. Then all the tears made sense. All the pain made sense. and I was filled with a godly sorrow. I could not stink and wait to get home and be different. And I came home and told Maryland, look, the only thing that's going to be different is everything. I don't want you to believe me. I wouldn't believe me. But in five years, I'll ask you, did God do something in your husband? And from that point forward, our marriage has been totally different. I mean, God really did. He worked in Maryland and made her totally satisfied in the grace of Jesus and Christ. And, and he impacted me. that If you don't prioritize and make marriage important and then proactively, intentionally love your bride, you can't expect a good marriage.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you, and then you guys also go ahead. a little further in because it's not like then it's a bed of roses I mean it's still right. life it throws big curveballs and life's not easy and you know you still struggle and but then God also convicted us um, started showing us how to put our marriage under grace and that's why our ministry is called grace marriage because the world teaches us a workspace mentality towards marriage. If you're good to me, then I'll be good to you. But if you're not good to me, then I won't be good to you. And, and so we bring this to marriage, and that is not how Christ defined marriage. I mean, you look, Christ, if we're to, you know, if, if it's supposed to be a picture of the gospel, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for me. Then when Brad wrongs me, rather than take offense and move away from him, I need to think, okay, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. And even though he did something that hurts my feelings, I'm going to I'm going to move towards him rather than move away from him. And that, that was an even bigger shift in our marriage. You yeah. want to expand on that a little bit, Brad? But that, you know, first, God totally shifted both of our perspectives to make us be selfless rather than selfish. But then yeah. he started showing us how grace transforms your marriage yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, and I think so, it's important to note that that doesn't mean ever tolerating abuse or infidelity. It's just right. in the day-to-day struggles, it just set us free. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. Scripture says, you sin will have no dominion over you because you're under grace, not law. And we put our marriage under grace, not law, under grace, not performance. And we start offering each other just love as a free gift of grace as opposed to a reward for performance or withholding it because you're not treating like you want to be treated. I mean, we just came to a point of consistency. So then if I struggled, our marriage was fine. If Marilyn struggled, our marriage was fine. If we both had a tough time, our marriage was fine because we were, we were founded on the rock of Christ and his grace, not on the shifting sands of how well we do day, day by day. So that completely has allowed us to really have a, a lot of fun together, even in really difficult times
0: yeah mm-hmm. this is this is pastor scott furrow and this is southern california live on kkla and kprz my guests are brad and Marilyn Rhodes, and they are the founders of grace marriage uh, you know as you're talking about this i know people are listening and they're saying you know and some people i think were in the same place that you're in one year and they had to make it or break it and they did it with the lord some people have been married 20 years 25 years and mm-hmm. the pain has just dragged on there's a lot of of stuff there uh in a couple of minutes, we're going to uh, talk about some tools to help people get to where you, where you are now. And I want to make sure that people know that's coming. You guys have a big vision for, uh, for marriages, that you want to help couples have this kind of breakthrough that you've had with the Lord. What does that look like? It's to
1: completely change the paradigm and how marriage is done. Right now, mm-hmm. complacency and stagnancy is the norm. People are really busy. They don't make time to date, enjoy each other. They don't prioritize the physical relationship. And they want a good marriage, but life has taken over we want to change the way marriage is done so people make space for marriage. They prioritize it over other things. They spend regular, consistent, one-on-one time together. They grow in enjoyment of each other spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And that all the stereotypes of marriage that are so negative are obliterated by the Christian reality of how we live it out. So when mm-hmm. Christians walk around being married, they see affection, they see love, they see grace. And all of a sudden marriage is completely rebranded. And then it's held in honor among all, like it says in the book of Hebrews. So that's our first vision. Second vision is every Bible-believing church would have an ongoing marriage ministry that disciples and shepherds marriages and that people would know marriage is, is, is primary and important because of the way the church treats it. From a budget standpoint, from ministry, priority standpoint, from everything, that marriage ministry and serving marriages and helping marriages would become more common than children and youth ministries.
0: I think that's huge. I was reading some statistics, I, I think that you guys had sent that said that 72% of churches have no marriage ministry yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, that's, a commun- and, that's true. Yeah. And what, 80%? Uh, there was another figure. I think it was 80% basically only do a conference once in a while and that's it. There's nothing very intentional. Uh, yeah, the commun-
1: uh, a communio study came out with that, and we're to be the salt and light. And if, it, as long as. The marriage ministry is the vacant space in the church. We, we you know, there are forces coming against marriage, and uh, we're right. to be the salt and light, and then bring and bring life, and and bring be like the moral preservative for society. So, we long for a movement among Bible-believing churches all over this country to uh, to change that seventy-two percent ch- stat down to zero, and then to be used by God to completely change marriage in our culture.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is that's. Yep really important. It seems like a lot of the marriage conversation that we uh, have in our church is sort of, you know, to refute the other ideas of marriage with homosexual marriage and other things that are coming, and we're not putting that kind of energy at all into making our marriages the model.
2: Go ahead, Beth. Well, I was just going to say, too, and we're in a culture that's child centered, right? so we're so busy with our children that the marriage is, is the thing that's sacrificed on on, on the altar of being a good parent or also with with our phones and social media. So these forces are coming at our marriages so profoundly and if we don't make marriage a priority, it's gonna barely get any leftovers. And I think most people think if there's any time left, then we'll do something. Yeah. That can't be the case for us to have a good marriage. We we know we've got to work at anything else in life, but we have to work in our marriage to have a good marriage, but if we make it a priority and we we place it in our schedule and don't let the, the circumstances and obligations of life squeeze it out, then then your marriage will get priority.
1: Yeah, and that's you make right. a Great point. Instead of complaining that lost people act lost, let's live marriage in a magnetic, transformational way that draws people to Christ and the institution of marriage that shows what a great, beautiful gig marriage is that he created in the garden before – before the fall even occurred
0: that's right mm. hey you know if you're listening right now you're hearing a great vision for marriage but i want to tell you and and that we're going to answer the question in a minute how do we get there we're, how do i make steps toward a marriage that looks like this so stick around after the break and um, we're going to brad and are going to help us with that and tell us a little bit more about their ministry and how you can connect with it so stick around through the break This is the Southern California Live program. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. We'll be
2: right back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. This is Pastor Scott Furrow,
0: and you're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ in San Diego. And my guests are Brad and Marilyn Rhodes. They are the founders of Grace Marriage, and we have been talking about uh, marriage and how you can strengthen it Now the struggles that we have. And they shared their testimony. And I want to remind you, if you're listening, that if you've missed part of this or you want to hear it again, you can always go to KKLA.com or KPRZ.com and you can get the podcast of this program. So you can get the whole thing again. So KPRZ.com and com, they'll have that on there. You know, one of the things I think that we really want to do is, and as a pastor, I can tell you, it's a struggle. It is a struggle to figure out how to prioritize different marriages. You meant you mentioned how kid-centric we are, and I think part of that is because couples get married and then their their biggest concern is, oh, all of a sudden I've got kids. What in the world do I do? But during that time as a parent, that's when your your weaknesses maybe as a couple just get amplified and you don't notice it so much and what i like about the ministry that you have is it is meant to be intentional to help churches or even help individual couples focus on their marriage on a regular basis so i want to tell people about uh, your marriage uh, how to have a grace based christ glorifying marriage and and also if you could tell us about the lord's work using your ministry of it's called grace marriage to help thousands of couples uh, to that end and how you equip churches. So first tell us about how you equip church leaders, uh, not just to start a program in their church, but to really establish a pathway of discipleship for marriages.
1: What we do is we meet with church leaders and we talk to them about their church and what works best in their church. And then we provide them a discipleship, a shepherding pathway for their couple. So they have an ongoing marriage ministry. We, um, what we, we do is we provide everything they need, from curriculum to facilitator guides to promo, promotional videos. As marriage pastor, we wanted to create everything so the church doesn't have to. And then we then we come alongside the church with church support and walk side them exactly how to implement, exactly how to reach couples. Um, right now, we're serving churches in 18 different states and have thousands of couples doing it. And, and by God's kindness, we're we're moving. Forward in more and more churches having an ongoing approach to marriage ministry because life happens and right. and we, it's church it's churches we need to shepherd people toward thriving and not let them just drift toward crisis and right now oftentimes the first time a church hears about a marriage problem is when they're thinking about divorce or they're separated but if we can catch them as a the church earlier on and help them thrive and help them get in the right patterns and rhythms and and lead them correctly, they never sniff crisis, much less experience it. So it's that proactive approach to marriage ministry. And then that complements children and youth because healthy marriages impact children and youth much better than church weekly programming. So what we want to do is have a holistic approach to family ministry that goes upstream and starts with the marriage.
0: Uh, You can find out more, by the way, if you're listening at gracemarriage.com. That is the website, gracemarriage.com. So you're equipping churches, and uh, I'm going through that process with you guys right now as we're getting ready to start this. And I'm excited about it because of the ongoing nature of it, where in the past we've done marriage conferences and we've brought in speakers, and it's kind of like, okay, we've brought in a big roll of duct tape. Let's fix it all today, uh, and uh, we'll get you some Chick-fil-A, and by the end of the day, you're going to be good, right? But uh, And I mean, Chick-fil-A is awesome, but it's probably not fixing your marriage all the time. Sometimes it helps mine when I bring it home unannounced. Uh, what about individual couples? You, you're talking about in, you know, bringing this to churches, but a lot of churches, they don't have a, they don't have a marriage pastor or a family pastor. They've got a, a, a senior pastor who's also the lawyer and who's also the chief counselor and he's the janitor. What about individual couples? How can you do that?
1: We have a virtual pathway at gracemarriageathome.com where you can work on your own marriage in your own home. You're, you're, you're provided. Uh, virtual sessions of marriage coaching and then then, inter, then you have questions that you can interact with a spouse and connect and plan time together and continue to work on your marriage. You get bi-weekly, bi-weekly resources of fun date night ideas and then you get um, ex- outside experts that come in and share on different things. It just kind of keeps you on a growth pattern. You know, like, like your point on the, we want these conferences and studies to be the beginning point, not the high point. You know, like right. to your point right now, You get this big steroid shot in the backside in your marriage, and you get all excited, but six weeks later, you're back in life, and everything looks the same again. But we want to be at the beginning of an ongoing growth process. You go to gracemarriageathome.com, and you can subscribe to an ongoing pathway of growth in your marriage.
0: gracemarriageathome.com is that website. You can go there uh, today. Uh, Earlier, Marilyn, you said that uh, you need to put things in your schedule. You know, sometimes I think maybe as guys, when we hear those date night ideas or whatever, we feel like we're being a little usurped. Why can't I be creative like I used to be? But I have found you've got to put it in the schedule. It's got to be something that is on your calendar that you're disciplined about. Uh, And that's really great advice there.
2: It's so, I think it's outside our relationship with Christ and the pursuit of him and, You know, a lot of couples have said they never even considered the um, concept of putting their marriage under grace. And we, every time you are in our curriculum, we we drive that point home and talk about how to apply grace to different parts of your marriage. But we also have a a date night challenge, and every single session we encourage couples to get in a regular rhythm of going on a date. It's, it's outside. I mean, it's the number one best thing we do outside our relationship with Christ is date each other. Brad and I have been mm-hmm. doing it now for 24 years. We've been married 25 years, and it's, it's so important to do it either weekly or every other week. And like you said, just put it in your schedule. Too often couples will say, oh, we're okay, right. or they wait to go on a date till they're just at their wit's end. But if you will intentionally spend time with each other on a consistent basis, it does so much for your marriage. So, so very beneficial. And it's okay to miss a kid's sporting event. You know, so often couples will say, well, I can't miss anything. But the best thing we can do for our kids is have great marriages. And it's okay for them to know they're not the center of everything. In fact, I think it's good for them to realize that because they're (laughs) going to realize that when they get out in the world and they're grown. And so it's okay if we're not at every single event our children have. And, And we put our phones down. You know, we've got five kids, so we do take a phone with us, but I'm the one. I have a little less ADD. I'm the one that doesn't struggle with the phone quite as much. And so mm-hmm. we only take a call if it's an emergency from the kids. But other than that, we don't look at our phones or look at technology. And it's so important, and we encourage couples to, to do that. I would encourage you out there, any of you that are out there driving right now, to if you will do that for your marriage, you will, it will have a huge impact.
0: Would you, Brad and Marilyn, just take, as we uh, begin to wind down this segment, would you take a moment and really talk to that person who might be driving home now and they're listening or they're sitting in their office at the end of their day and they're listening to this and it's hitting home? uh, What would you say to that person?
1: I'd say sowing and reaping is a real deal. And if you start sowing into your marriage over time, you will start reaping from your marriage. And so many people from the law practice and marriage pastor, by the time they start trying in their marriage, it's too late and they lose it. And we all think, well, we're probably going to be okay, but 40 to 50% of them aren't. So by encouragement, you cast a vision together, work together to joy each other more, to be closer. It just doesn't happen accidentally. You're going to have to get with your spouse and get on an ongoing pathway to growth and marriage is a great thing. God gave us a great gift in marriage. And, it's, and when we do it right, I know what it looks like to do it wrong. I know the contention. And I know what it looks like to do it right. And there's nothing I enjoy more other than the Lord is spending time with Marilyn. So I just want to really encourage you to start now. Start spending weekly significant time together. Start talking together every day. Start putting your phones down. Start really trying to live out marriage that draws people to Jesus in marriage. Is Marilyn, is there anything you'd add to that, babe?
2: Well, you know, what you said at the beginning of the show, too, our marriages are so much bigger than just us. And when we have beautiful marriages, it's attractional. And cohabitation is up 900% in our young That's people. Right. So many young people are choosing not to get married because they don't see beautiful marriages. But if we will have Lord-honoring, God-centered, beautiful marriages then young people will be more attracted to the institution, and God will get glory through it. So it's, it's bigger than just your marriage. I mean, it's going to help the next generations.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, how, I, that's how we got in marriage ministries, because we had young people mm-hmm. saying, "Will you do our premarital. I said, why? They said, we want what you've got. That looks fun. And I, that, that's what, we want a movement of that across this country.
0: I think it's so encouraging, too, because you didn't start off with the, you're just perfect that you almost didn't make it, and I think that matters as as far as your testimony, because people need to hear that, that like you said, you can reap what you sow, you can start sowing the right thing right now. Um, Brad Marilyn, uh, you have a gift for our listeners today. If you're listening, tell us about that.
1: Yes, if couples, you can join Grace Marriage at Home. Um, As a listener today, we want to give you a free month of the subscription. Just go to gracemarriageathome.com and use the coupon code KKLA or KPRZ. That's KKLA or K P R Z, and that's marriage at dot com. Now for church leaders, we want to help you serve and equip your married couples. So contact us through marriage at dot com and we'll have some resources for you as well.
0: All right. That's really amazing. So a, a free gift for couples listening. If you're listening right now, remember this. If you're driving, if you if you're you know, pull over if you need to write it down. Don't text it to yourself while you're driving, okay, please. Um, and remember that you can get this program on the podcast at KKLA for this, uh, for the Southern California, the live program, KKLA and KPRZ. Uh, you can do that there. Uh, you're listening to the Southern California live program. This is Pastor Scott Furrow and our guests have been Brad and Marilyn Rhodes from Grace Marriage. Brad Marilyn, thank you so much for being with me today.
2: Thank Thank you for
0: having having us. It's great to have you, and I'm looking forward to ministry together. As uh, in our church, we continue to do Grace uh, Grace Marriage, and I'm uh, encouraging everybody listening to check it out. Go to gracemarriageathome.com, and you can use the the coupon code KKLA and KPRZ uh, for a free month of that. You can do that today, and if this is impacting you today, do that today. Do that when you get home. Make that a priority to do that and say to your spouse, hey, uh, let's, let's work on this together. Um, What a great idea. And remember to have grace, grace for one another. Nobody's perfect. Everybody marries a flawed person. Maybe you don't want to mention that, but that's true. Just keep that in your own mind. Brad Marilyn, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. All right, right, everybody, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. If you want to uh, call in the last segment of the show and uh, you got any ideas, uh, I'd love to hear your best date ideas. What are some great date ideas? You got some Call me up, 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. We'd love to hear about that. This is Southern
2: California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hi again, everybody. I am
0: Pastor Scott Furrow. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. And we've been talking about marriage this hour and uh, we had Brad and Marilyn Rhodes from Grace of Marriage on with us earlier this hour. And once again, their website is Grace of Marriage at Home, Grace of Marriage at Home. And you can get a free month of their uh, marriage ministry that you can do at home by using the coupon code KKLA or KPRZ. And uh, as we end the last section uh, segment, I asked you to uh, give me a call if you've got some great date ideas Uh, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. What is a great date that you have had that uh, you'd like to share? And, And I would encourage you, especially you guys out there as a husband, you know, we've got to date our wives. And I fail at this regularly, and sometimes I do a really good job at this we have to do this and take the time. And I think sometimes we get so busy that we just, we don't think creatively or it's always a movie, right? And then you can sit there and eat and don't talk and you can do that at home, right? You can do that anywhere. What are some really good date ideas uh, for you? We have Suzanne on the line from San Diego. Suzanne, welcome to Southern California Live. You've got a date idea that you'd like to share.
2: That's
0: right. Hi, Suzanne, how are you? I think
2: that last... I'm doing great, thank you. And, you know, laughter is a great medicine, and so my husband and I, since we've been dating, like to go to a comedy show, specifically an improv comedy show. They oh, yeah, great idea. it to be fairly clean, and uh, it's, it's just <laughs> such fun.
0: Uh, explain how that goes. So is this an improv comedy show? Do you participate in this, or are you just part of the audience and there's an improv group on the stage?
2: Uh, Kind of both. You know, it's it's... Audience-driven participation by way of getting suggestions from the audience, topics or certain words, and then they incorporate that into the show.
0: Ah, that's a great idea. Great idea. Uh, thank you, Suzanne, for your call. And a great idea. Go to an improv show. She says it's fairly clean, right? Okay, and uh, you know how that can be. So you want to you want to check it out? I think that's a great idea. How fun! Is that, you know, a fun date that uh, I've had before with my wife a long time ago, we went to uh, driving range. We've been to batting cages for us. We just like to go for a walk. I used to uh, we used to go inside like art museums and I would make fun of all the art on the wall. Uh, I love the art. Don't make you know, don't make a mistake, but I can make some jokes about it. And uh, we have a really good time with all of that. If you've got a good date idea, you can give me a call here at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I think one of the greatest things that you can do as a couple, uh, especially if you're, if you're married, is give it in your calendar. I know that doesn't seem romantic. it It just doesn't. But something that happens to us, and guys, this happens to us a lot. When we're dating, when we are pursuing the person who would become our wife, uh, and even for ladies, when you're dating somebody, a lot of the things that you do become instinct. It's easy for the guy to think about dates and think about romance and buy flowers and uh, do all those things instinctively. And ladies, it's often instinctive for you to look at him and compliment him and say, thank you, or to come up with your own date ideas and just to have fun. But I think what happens when we get married is something in our brain shifts And we become about life, and we become about just doing life and doing the business of life, and we become about careers, we become about kids once they're in the picture, and we become about the budget. Uh, Brad and Marilyn mentioned that earlier. We become about so many things, and it just adds stress, and we forget to have fun. We forget to have laughter. That's something that my wife and I have noticed, that sometimes we just get so busy and then we go somewhere and we have fun. That's been a big thing for us the last couple of years is to say we have got to put vacations, weekends away on the calendar, so that we can go and laugh. Uh, even during some difficult times, there are things that you can do to go laugh about. Eight 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 fifty two talks is the number eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You got a good date idea like Suzanne had? Uh, share that with us, and uh, we'd love to hear about that. You know, the Bible is not silent. The Bible is not silent when it comes to dating and marriage, actually. And there's a book you can study. It's called The Song of Solomon. And a lot of people skip that book, or it's kind of hard to understand because it's poetry, and you get into it, and you go, I don't really understand what this means. Actually, you read that book, and you understand exactly what it means. You're just surprised that God is talking about that. And this book, it takes a couple, and it takes them from the beginning of their relationship, where they're attracted to each other. It takes them through dating. It takes them through their, hun- their uh, wedding. You get to be there for the, the wedding. And then in this book, the reason people have trouble with it is you're also there for the honeymoon. Like you're there in the room for the honeymoon. And it's all described right there. And uh, people, uh, people over time have tried to say that all of this is just an allegory of Christ in the church. And it completely is. Don't misunderstand. But it is also giving us instruction on how to relate men and women to each other because they have the honeymoon and everything's great. And then for two chapters, they argue about stuff. And But what happens throughout this book is their relationship deepens. And when you really study it and you see that, you realize there's hope. You realize that these are, are people with flaws, that these are people in a tough time. And the book Song of Solomon ends in chapter eight with this. It says, you who dwell in the gardens with friends in attendance, let me hear your voice and the, the man says this, and he says, let's tell our story. Let's tell all of it, the good times and the bad, how God has brought us to this point, and they're kind of at the the end of life at this point. They have gone through all these different stages, and what they're saying is this, is let's show our friends, the people that know us, the people that I would say your oikos, the people in your relational world, what we're about. And a big part of that is being uh, a reflection of who uh, Christ in the churches. In the Old Testament, it was God in Israel, that allegory. Verse 14, it says, Come away, my lover, and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the spice laden mountains. What you see is that a good marriage is possible, that a good marriage is what God desires. But you also see that there is no relationship that is without conflict, that there is no relationship that is without stress, no relationship that doesn't have its ups and downs. But a marriage that makes it through that makes it that helps you be faithful to the end is a marriage that has fought the good fight that turns to Christ that isn 't just people who it 's just not a good marriage because you stayed together but a, a marriage where you actually grow closer that 's god 's design and when you turn to him, when you actually turn to god 's design for your marriage and you 've got to do that if you were listening in the first part of the hour brad and marilyn they talked about how they were a disaster their first year and how they didn't like each other you know sometimes when we hear the phrase you know love your enemies sometimes the enemy lives in your house right and i'm not talking about uh physical abuse or those kinds of things you have to deal with those you have to get out um and deal with those in a different way but just normally people just struggle to relate sometimes what are we to do we are to turn to god and god is working on our hearts and we have to do that ourselves all of us are married to flawed people. We tend to want to point out the other person is flawed, but focus on what you need to do to love your your spouse better. There, This is the idea that God gives us. And one of the ways that you draw closer is you spend that time together. The number again is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and you're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. We've been talking about marriage this hour. And uh, as we close it off, I was talking about Song of Solomon. And, you know, another great passage in that book, as it ends, she says, under the apple tree, I roused you. This is chapter 8, verse 5. And she's talking about her husband, who she has known all of these years. And at the beginning of the book, you know, she kind of flirts with him and plays some games, and they do that. That's what people do. Under the apple tree I rouse you. There your mother conceived you. There she who was in labor gave you birth. Remember, this is Hebrew poetry, okay? She says, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. That's just a powerful thing. This is the kind of love we're meant to have. And if you're struggling out there, and I know that so many of us are more than, you know, most of us are struggling one way or the other, take a step today. Take a step today to improve your marriage. A great tool for you is what we've talked about today, Grace Marriage. home.com is the website, Grace Marriage at Home. Go there with your spouse. Go there today and say, you know what, wherever we're at, let's turn to the Lord. Let's use this tool to help us to do better. The coupon code there is KKLA and KPRZ, and that'll help you get a free month. Everybody, you're listening to Southern California Live. I am Pastor Scott Furrow. The phone number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And uh, we're going to change the subject for the next hour in Los Angeles. Thank you for listening. We will be back here in just a few minutes. Stay tuned.